Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2007. This is Phil talking about Step 11. Good afternoon, my name is Bill. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm sober today through AA and the grace of God as I understand him. I didn't think I was going to be here on, on Friday. I had uh, I went to the dentist to get a 10-minute job done on my teeth. And they x-rayed it and said it's got to come out. I'm on morphine and I bleed like a stuck hog. And uh, they were half an hour with all their tools and equipments and vices getting it out. I had locked you by the time they finished. I had to go on Saturday to a family dinner and I didn't want to go and I, I couldn't ring up and say and I tell a heap of lies because I don't lie anymore. And I thought, thank God for this ruddy tooth. Now I can ring them up and tell them. This, 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 uh, the next, the, 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 that night a limb, a big limb fell off, off, off the tree next door and crashed down onto my roof. And uh, I got out in the morning and sawed, sawed all the bits and pieces off so I could get out. And uh, I came to the last one and it was, it was up on the roof and I cut the underneath off it and a bit of wind blew up. When the limb came down, I've been so careful because I know a lot about tree cutting. And it hit me on the back of the head. And it, 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 it probably destroyed a few cells in the brains, which I got few, few of. It's uh, over 25 years in the Scoresby Steps Group I wrote notes relevant to me and the steps. I wanted to find out what these alcoholics had the wisdom that uh, that they had, I wrote down. And uh, I've got a history of my recovery, sheep's on. And uh, because my, my, my memory is bad, the sequence of events, uh, I had to write all of this down. And I, I, uh, I never write anything down until such times as, as, as the adrenaline starts to flow. And I began on this step two days ago, or three days ago. And I did the last two pages on the way on the train. I thought, I hope to God I can talk for 20 minutes. But, uh, this step is a step of discovery interspersed with many incidences that happened in the course of my recovery over many years. Uh, it's not something I've arrived at in five minutes like a lot of alcoholics are in for a fortnight and they, they want the whole program behind them. Uh, I wrote an article a long time ago uh, and one of these articles was To Whom Are You Praying? Um, I think it's very, very relevant, you know, before you can come into prayer and meditation. Because you've got to have something that's real to pray to. The existence of God cannot be proved. You either believe in God or you don't. The earth is just the right distance from the sun for human habitation. In the human body, human cells are differently arranged to perform a great variety of functions. 
as nerves, muscles, eyes, brain and so many more. Of all the known substances, water is the only one which over any range of temperature will expand as it cools. And this happened with water as it approaches freezing point with the result that marine life is preserved. When otherwise it would be destroyed, when large masses of water freeze to a solid mass, science abounds in examples of law and order, of purpose and design. The intelligence indicates an intelligent creator, and that intelligence being we call God. Admittedly, a man is able to believe that all the purposeful design in nature has come about through an infant series of events, each dependent on a highly improbable chance. Such a belief would be scarcely rational. Einstein, probably the most comprehensible scientific mind of our time, was too engrossed in science to give much thought to religion. And yet, as reported, the week after his death, he declared that his scientific studies had led him to believe in a creator of the universe. Many years ago, I was wandering around Australia, and I, I, was, in, I was in a park in Adelaide, and I was sick as a dog. And two men came up uh, and said, Would you like a cup of tea? and a biscuit and uh, I didn't know much about religious people at that time and, uh, and I like a fool I said yes <laughs> and I went up and had this cup of tea and was shaking like a ruddy leaf and then uh, they could see that I had problems and then they said to me just out of the blue would you like us to pray over you and having no moral courage I said yes And uh, I remember, I remember they, uh, there was about five or six of them, and they were all around me like the plague. And uh, they were saying, pray for Bill, pray for Bill, and God this and God that and God something else. And I, I was in another world standing there, and I thought, oh, this a heap of gruddy, heap of crap I've never heard in my life. I might as well go to the devil. And that's exactly where I did go from that point on. The next five or six years I went to hell and back again morally, mentally and spiritually. I roamed Australia from place to place, always ending up in trouble of some kind, praying to a God that I did not understand to get me out of it. He never heard me. I'd been in the Navy on the minesweepers for a two-year stint, and in that time I'd become morally corrupt. I later joined the RAAF and trained as a diesel fitter. For 12 months in that time, I got married. I was by this time an accredited thief, a bash artist, a compulsive liar, and a womanizer. I prayed to God to change me, but he never did, at least not until I came into IA. I came into IA the first day of 1960, and after the first meeting, I begged this God to help me. I was a shivering, shaking, shambling wreck. In the first weeks, a miracle happened. The compulsion to drink was taken from me. I know it today as a physical, a, cycle, a psychic change, ego deflation at great depth. 
and a lot of alcoholics who need ego inflation at great depth, including me. I've been prone all my alcoholic life to white violent rages and had attempted to kill several times. I know today that relevant to the second step that emotions out of control is insanity. Again, early in the peace, I prayed to this God to whom I was getting a slight inkling of, if possible, take it from me, and it was taken from me. I began to think, who is this God? Where do I find him? Where do I find out about him? I got a Bible and I studied it, and the one thing that stuck in my mind was it stated that the greatest prayer was our Father. It was a beginning, and it put me into conscious contact with God. I worked in Box Hill about half an hour's drive from Ferntree Gully and said this prayer on the way there and the way back. That's when my wife wasn't yakking, of course. <laughs> As you go on, ruddy yakking, and I'm trying to say these how fathers and get holy spiritual. <laughs> I don't think that was the exact thing that was relevant to spirituality. But it occurred to me after a period of time to offer these prayers to God for my fellow alcoholics, the sick, the ill and the dying. I developed over the years a format of prayer that I still use today. My mind or soul, whichever you may choose, prays all the time when I'm not otherwise engaged. I heard an alcoholic say a long, long time ago in the school's three steps group, repetition, repetition, bloody repetition. <laughs> I got to a stage at one point when I was spiritually on fire. I would speak at meetings and have people come up after the meeting and say, that was wonderful. Where did you get it from? I would come home and go over what I had spoken about revelling in the glory, wondering how I was so brilliant. <laughs> and I became known in those days as the bishop, <laughs> probably because of the flock I carted around. This lasted about two years. Ego stepped in and God in his mercy visited me with a thing called ego deflation. It was then that I began to learn something about humility. There's no gain without pain, I was told. Step seven, i.e., humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Every step is relevant in some way to the next one. And having completed thoroughly the first nine steps today, I continue to practice, as the big book suggests, only the last three steps. Early in my sobriety, I ran into a major problem. I bought a lovely car from an AA dealer in Box Hill. <laughs> and on the way home, had a bad smash. I had not yet insured it. My wife had driven, typical of alcoholics, of course. I, I relied on God. He doesn't, he doesn't insure cars. <laughs> Apparently had driven me in, in to collect the car and into the sotter, a big chrome de sotter that I used to cart these alcoholics around in. 
that I owned. I thought the end of the earth had come. I was gone for all money. The insurance agent who I know, who knew well questioned me about the accident and told me had I intended to insure with them. I said yes. But the stipulation was that the Soto was not to be on the road at that point in time or no go. All I had to do was lie and I was covered. I begged God to help me. I said, no, the DeSoto was on the road at that time. I thought that if I lied, it might send me back on the booze. He said, okay, I'll take the information to the insurance company. They can decide. I was in agony for several days, praying for a miracle. Eventually, he told me the company had accepted responsibility. I learned from that that at all times, go to the experts, those on earth and those on the heavens. When I finally left this job, the owner wrote me out a recommendation stating that this was the only man he had never known who would not tell a lie under very difficult exercises. The second major thing relevant to this step happened nearly 15 years ago. By this time, I was running a welding business. I was asked by the council to put a new rear wall that was showing signs of bad rust into being. In the process, I used a winch to lower a weight off one of the doors and left it prop up against the wall. I wasn't there at the time, and it fell on a boy's foot and smashed it. I was an alcoholic and not insured. Everything that I had, that my wife and I had worked hard for, was under threat. I could have been hit for sixty to seventy thousand dollars. I was told that the law of statutes would run out in seven years. Seven years. It was the largest period of time I ever put in in my life. I nearly went insane with fear. I put it into God's hands and tried on a daily basis to let go and to let God. Something again, after somehow again after seven years, I escaped prosecution. This period in my life was one of continual prayer and faith that God would help me, and he did. There are many doors you have to open in AA and it came a time along the line where prayer was not the complete answer. As the big book suggests, take time out, relax, get your life in order for at least 20 minutes every day. It was then that I joined a spiritual meditational group and learned over a period of time to meditate. It was very different, difficult for some time to get the traffic out of my head and sit quietly in the presence of God with no thoughts entering my mind. If you think it is easy, try thinking of nothing for at least one minute, let alone 20 every day. As a member of the Ferntree Gully Group, He's a, uh, he never had much education and uh, he, was a, he was a shocking speller and he used to bring articles that he'd written up to me. He wrote three books 
You know, I, I judge this man as a fairly nutty nong. <laughs> as I've judged many people as nongs, you know, the great humility in me. Since I came into IA and he brought, he brought an article up to me uh, last week uh, that he had written. And uh, the first, he's never been over close to God. He's got his own God. But he said to me when he, when he had written this and I read it, he said, do you know, he said, a spirit wrote this for me. This is something I don't know about in my, in my life. Uh, I'll read it to you. I think it's, I think, I think this is, this is, it's one of the best articles that I've ever read, especially coming from this particular man. I wish I'd written it. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I'd like to bring to your attention the significance of this seemingly insignificant little prayer that we close every meeting with the one we rattle off because everyone else does. Maybe you're not aware of the fact that this little prayer could be, well, the most important prayer of them all. Why? Because it has the ability to connect everybody here in the meeting. The word God, which the prayer refers to wholly and solely, doesn't specify or favour any religion. Here we accept it as a common denominator, IA is made up of many denominations. You might be sitting next to a Catholic, a Jewish person, an Anglican, or a Togenpol worshipper. Or whatever, it doesn't matter. For a matter of 90 minutes, we put aside our differences and come together as a group under the umbrella of God, the one God. To, to concentrate solely on our greatest challenge, our survival, as for us it is a matter of life and death. It was only a couple of months ago I happened to turn on the radio to get the news and when I caught the last moments of the debate going on between a group of different denominations. And from what I could make out of it, it was a pretty caustic debate. They were going hammer and tongs, throwing verbal darts and barbs at each other each one blaming the other for the trouble that the world is in today. Eventually, one of them, I can't recall which one, asked the others to join him in a prayer. He asked the different religious groups assembled there to put aside their differences and to get down with him and pray together. Tragically, no one took him up on it. The gap, the no-man's land that divided them was too wide. They couldn't find any common ground whatsoever, whereas we, a group of what some would say troubled people, if not in some eyes neurotic individuals, can. We can find common ground, and it all comes about via this little prayer that I'll be referring to, accentuated by the fact that when we close each meeting, we all stand together, brother and sister, as I have previously indicated under one God, and without reservations, we all join together and say this wonderful prayer. How powerful is that? Wouldn't be great if this troubled world could do likewise. Thank you. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from 
www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.